Sometimes it can be wrong. And, but one of the things I want to say is God builds you into spiritual family, that God connects you into your lifelong relationships, which are spiritual family. So if you've grown up in a movement or a church or denomination that says as long as you're in here, you're a spiritual family, but the minute you leave, you're not family anymore. If God moves you to another city or God moves you to another church or you happen to move to another movement, all of a sudden you're cut off. You're not spiritual family anymore. See, something's wrong with that. God builds your spiritual family. God gives you spiritual fathers and mothers and peers, um, brothers and sisters. And some, they're like your lifelong family. They can be in another city. They can be in another church. And God never means for you to lose your connection with them. And, and what I'm trying to tell you is don't let an organization tell you who your spiritual family is. You're in a church, okay, say, say that we're in a church here, and you're a spiritual community, you're a faith community, you're a resurrection community, and you are family. And then even within your church, God is going to build deeper relationships. You won't have the same relationship with, every, with everyone. You can't. You don't have the capacity. And if you, um, uh, and I'm saying this because when we create expectations, sometimes people can't live them up, live up to them, and we get hurt because they're not all, I, I expected you to be a real family member and you weren't. <laughs> so you have to, what I'm telling you today is to really see God, say, who is my spiritual family? Who are they? And you don't move them in and out of your family circle because of where they live or where they fellowship or if God moves them to another nation do you all know what I'm talking about? So I'm trying to tell you that God creates your connections. And God means for you to value and keep and honor those connections wherever you go. And it's also, as people come into your circle, they're going to be connecting to you. And it's important to learn, to really learn, God, where is, where is this person in my life? Is this a deep tissue connection? Is this a deep connection? Is this a social surface relationship? Is this a fellowship relationship? That's so really important. I'm, I'm going to let you ponder on that because sometimes we lose relationships for the wrong reasons. And sometimes we don't build the right relationships. We don't put the energy and effort into the right relationships. All relationships call for sacrifice. Did you know that? Depending on how deep you want your relationship to go, how much bonding, how, how deep you want to bond. You know, you think we, we, we don't just bond because we worship together. We bond because we sacrifice for one another. We bond because we give to one another. And um, we all need those spaces. We all need the places where we have bonding experiences. And that causes us to go deep, um, deeper in relationship. You bond more with God when you suffer than you usually bond when things are really good. There's just something that God says he's near to the brokenhearted. There's just something that happens when you go through something and God draws very near. You find him in a way you'll never find him. You know him in a way that you'll never, ever know him. So you can't be afraid of those spaces. And you can't be afraid of when you walk with someone who's suffering. Bill, Bill um, wrote a quote, which was just brilliant. He said, how we walk with the broken speaks louder than how we sit with the great. 
And I was so interested in how that quote took off. It ended up on magazines and purses and blogs. And it really said something. So God calls us to bond in spiritual family. And he calls us to bond in spiritual community. And sometimes they're different. And we just have to learn the difference. So I'm going to leave that here because, you know, BMOSAIC is a relational network. But everyone's going to have different levels of relationships. And your relationships are going to have different purposes. And you discover that. We're not here to tell you what that looks like and how it's formed and shaped. But the Holy Spirit's the one that does it. And then you walk with him through the building of a relationship. So... Um, this is going to go a little deeper. How many have a journal or paper or something to write on? Because I'm going to ask you to, to, to think. Um, you know, the book of Ephesians is a very unique book. It starts out with the first three chapters about our relationship with God and the Holy Spirit and who he is in our life and knowing him. And then, for, so that's the first three chapters. And the second three chapters are about how we walk with one another. It shifts into relational connections, family connections, church connections, the body of Christ, marriage, children. So the first two chapters tell us, uh, you know, has the, the longest prayer besides the high priestly prayer. Um, and, and it just talks about knowing God, knowing the height, the depth, the breadth, knowing um, there's seven verbs. Anyway, I'm not going to go into the prayer. But... In it, what Paul is saying, here's a walk with God and here's a walk with man. And he's teaching us, he's creating this space where we, um, where what we profess, what we profess to know, begins to join and connect with how we live, with our behavior. So he's connecting our beliefs with our behaviors. And when we've been Christians for a long time, we, we know a lot. We've read a lot. We've heard 20, 30, 40, 50 years of messages, some people. Sometimes we don't always have the behaviors that are lining up with the words. How many can say that? And since we're leaders and ministers, I'm going to just give you a few examples. Have you ever done marriage coaching or counseling and you're giving counsel and then you can turn to your spouse and say, are we really living that? <laughs> like, I can give out this advice, but it's not really in my life. Or maybe it was in my life at one time and I forgot it. Or maybe I've tried to put it into my life, but uh, I give up. I'm a little bit rebellious when it comes to this. So we find it difficult to line, to, to blend the two, to, to mend the two of my belief and what I know and how I walk and how I behave. Have you ever found yourself giving counsel that you are not living? <laughs> like, we don't want to do that. You know, we want to be in such unison inside. We want to be congruent that my words and my actions and my beliefs are just modeled in my behavior. And our behavior really speaks loudly, really, really speaks loudly. And it's usually our behavior. If, when we're in, um, when we're united in belief and behavior, that's where authority and power is most of the time. Like people can catch what we say because it's good and they're so hungry for the right thing and they'll grab hold of it. 
But God really wants us to be so united in belief, in words, and behavior. And so this first activation is an activation for you and the Holy Spirit. And it's for you to ask, God, is there things that I believe, but my behavior is not matching it? It's not connected in the right way. Like, I know things, or there's things that you told me that you've asked me to do, or, um, and I just have not done it. I've, I've put on the pause button, or it's in the delay mode. And sometimes for you to go to the next place in God, you, he's waiting for you. It's, that's, that's part of your maturing process in Christ. The whole book of Ephesians is about growing up, maturing in Christ, becoming Christ-like, and becoming robust in love. And so there's things the Holy Spirit likes to entrust to us, but he really wants us to get words and behavior right. And I'll use another example. We really understand Matthew 18. We understand um, how to resolve conflict or how to have reconciliation. But for some reason, we leave a lot of things undone. We, we can hide. We can be fearful. There's a lot of reasons that we don't go into the full places where we need to in reconciliation, whether it's in your own marriage, it's in your family, sibling relationships, parental relationships. And God wants you to, again, live congruent. Like my words and my beliefs are really congruent with all my behaviors. Like my obedience to the word, the way the word says to live, if people said, if I look at you, what do I see? Do I see the word lived out, or do I just see the word spoken? Like, what story is your life telling me? So I want you to pray. This is the activation. So I want you to just pray, and this is just for you and the Holy Spirit. I want you just to pray and ask the Lord what he really needs to mend in you, where he mends belief and behavior. And some of your, once you know, some of your actions are going to be by choice, because we always have a choice. But sometimes the Holy Spirit can do a work within you to mend, to bring back together the words and the behavior. So um, I'm just going to pray, Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you lead us and guide us, and you bring us into wholeness. And so, Father, right now, I just ask you to just to speak clearly the places where we just haven't meshed our words and our beliefs and our behavior. And just show us, God, one thing that you want us to work on. And Lord, if there's something you need to heal, I, I'm just going to ask you to, Holy Spirit, just begin to heal what needs to be healed. Lord. So you need to put some soaking music on for a second, a minute.
how many of you have got something? Maybe you've already had that moment of counter. What, you, what I'm trying to bring you is your life is really a picture. Your life is a portrait before people. Uh, I want to read you this quote. It's from a message. It says, as a, and it's talking about as a church, but as a community, we are our storytellers, but most of the time it is without words. Every day we tell a story by how we live, how we treat people, and by the nature of our conversations. And what a great way to tell the story when people see that not, it's not just the words about how you live marriage, but it's your marriage that's the picture. Like there's one picture of a, of a wife doing something for a husband or a husband doing something um, for a wife. You are constantly painting a picture before people by your behaviors, whether you're pastors, counselors, whatever your ministry is. That relationship is telling a story to everyone around you. That relationship will tell more of a story than sometimes your counseling and your words will because that's what they're seeing. How many feel like there's something that needs to be healed in them so that that belief in behavior can match? Okay, great, great, good. I was just hoping they can get on some music. So I want you just to come to Jesus, and I want you to begin your conversation with Jesus. And, and just take it through that little bit of confession. God, I know this isn't right. It doesn't look right doesn't feel right. It's not how I was designed to live with a spouse, with a child, with a parent. It's not how you designed me to live with the body. Now ask Jesus what needs to be healed. Jesus is going to touch the place in your heart. It's actually in your heart that something needs that 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 thing needs to be healed. I just see him turning a key in someone's heart. Like you locked up your heart and God is just turning the key and opening your heart again.
know, when something's raw, when your heart's, uh, a wound is raw, it's very tender, and you just, you just don't like to be touched, you just react to the touch. And there's some raw wounds, and the Holy Spirit's just washing over the rawness of that wound. Thank you. Um, I'm going to shift us. And it's so important for us. I'm going to kind of end this part. It's really important. I kind of just gave you this introduction. It's just really important to just really cry out, Lord, help me to keep those places mended where my words and my beliefs are really my behaviors. They really are my behaviors. They can get away with it because we live in an information age and we can know so much and yet apply so little. And we're really good at applying it out there. But man, the first place we always do application is within us, within our own heart, soul, mind, within our own relationships, marriage, children. The first place we bring it is always back to us. And, and we learn to really live it well, and then we begin to release it to others. Or sometimes it's worth it to say, hey, I'm not too good at this, but I know this is the right thing. <laughs> People are watching us in how we live. And not that that's the most important thing, but I just, I just really felt like I wanted to share with you to really try and keep congruency in your life in those things. In the small things, um, the way God tells us to love one another as a body or as believers, the way God tells us to repent to one another, to forgive one another, those are just really, really important in the kingdom. And I'm just going to move us. We don't have a lot of time, but um, how many of you have prophetic words that just have not come to pass? Because I'm not going to give you new prophetic words. You have prophetic words, and you're like, I'm really waiting on this one. So I want you guys to stand up. Okay. Now kind of move yourself around the room. And I want everyone else, I want, I want since, since the amount of people standing, I want one person to come and stand with each person. And I want you to celebrate their word with them. Every prophetic word from God is like a treasure. Like that promise is a treasure. And sometimes we stop treasuring the word because we get discouraged. Or we're like, What's gonna, is this even God? Do I know it's God? So those of you who are sitting, come and, come and get with a person now who's standing. 
find a person, pick someone out, and you're going to pray and celebrate that word that they are holding on to. If you don't have a partner, raise your hand, and you need a partner for your word. I might have, does everyone have a partner for your word? See, in relationships, when we build relationships, we stand together. We contend with one another. I could say we fight a spiritual battle, but I'm going to say we're going to rejoice. We're going to use rejoicing as a way to move through this spiritual battle. Okay. So I want you just to tell them what the word is. And um, you can even tell them how long you've been waiting on that word. And then I want the person that's with you, I want them to celebrate the word God gave you, like God had just given it to you. And then I'm going to intercede in the spirit as well, intercede in the spirit over them and over that word, and join your faith with that word. That word came from God, and, and some of you have incubated the word, and it's, it's been there in the womb, and who knows where it's at in the birthing process. But some of you need someone to just be the midwife to that word. And that's really what I'm trying to get you to do is to midwife the word and to do it through rejoicing, like, thank you, God, and we celebrate this word. And I want you to be in, in awe and astonishment of the word that God gave them that they have been treasuring. It's like someone has a baby and everyone says, oh, man, it's in the womb. Oh, it's, it's got a heartbeat. You know, this week it's there, this far. It's only this many weeks till it's coming, and let's start getting ready for it. It's like that. We celebrate. We we treasure what's coming. We celebrate. Women can really relate to that. Um, but that's what I want you to do with the word because it's still in the womb. Okay. And we don't want them to lose hope. All right. Go ahead.
That's really good, guys. You're really enjoying this. <laughs> good, good. You're celebrating. You're a part of their miracle now. Do you know that? You're a part of your you're part of one another's miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Um, I just want to say that when we pray, when we pray, how many realize that fire comes out of our spirits when we pray? Like holy fire comes out when we pray. When we declare godly words, good words, the word, have you ever seen just fire coming out of people's mouth? And we, that's how we set fires. We set fires every time we pray. I love felt fires. <laughs> I love fires. I, I want to leave you with this thought before you come tonight, and I tell people this. You are a spiritual being having a human experience, and you need to think of yourselves more as spiritual beings. We so get caught up in the natural that we forget that we are spiritual beings. When you lay hands on someone, it's not my skin touching your skin. It's my spirit touching your spirit. It's spirit to spirit. When I release to you, I'm releasing what's in my spirit to you. I release love. I release joy. I let the river flow. It's, we are such a spiritual being. And I want you to ask God before you come tonight, I want you to ask him and say, show me my spirit man. I don't know if any, how, how many of you had seen your spirit man, had out-of-the-body experiences. If you had that, you really know what your spirit man is like. But ask the Lord to show you your spirit man so you can understand that you are a spiritual being. You are an inner man that's just clothed in this outward body. But who you are, you, the eternal part of you is this inward man. And I want you to come, just, uh, just even pray in the spirit, 
You know, if you can give time, like an hour, just pray in the Spirit and just become more aware of the spiritual man within you. When you come tonight, you're coming really in a whole different frame of mind. And then again, when I said, when you pray, fire... I wish you could see it. I wish you could see the fire that comes out. I wish you could see the power that the... Um, God, I can't even explain it. So... Come tonight thinking I'm a spiritual man having a human experience, but tonight you're a spiritual man having a spiritual experience, and I want you to come to enjoy the spiritual experience, the heavenly experience as a spiritual man. So I want you to stop thinking outward and natural and start thinking heavenly and third realm. Okay. That's it. Welcome. Welcome.